Oh, let's love him all across this house. Hallelujah. Oh, let's lift up our hands and let's worship him for a few more moments. Hallelujah. Let's bless his wonderful name. Hallelujah. We bless your name, Jesus. We bless your name, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. It's so good to be in the house of the Lord here on a Wednesday night and to be with God's people. Amen. If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn open to the book of Matthew, chapter 5 and verse number 8. Matthew chapter 5, verse 8. Then we're going to be turning open to Psalms 24, verses 3 through 4, and James chapter 4, verse number 8. I'll give you time to get there. Amen. But we will be having that coming up on the screen for you. Matthew 5 and 8, Psalms 24, 3 through 4, and James 4 and 8. Everybody said amen. Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 8. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 8, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Does anybody want to see God tonight? Praise God. Amen. Psalms chapter 24. Verse number three. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand in his holy place? Who's going to see God? He that has clean hands and a pure heart. Who has not sworn deceitfully or has not lifted up his soul into vanity nor sworn deceitfully. Who shall ascend to the hill of the Lord? He that has clean hands and a pure heart. Into the New Testament, the book of James, chapter 4 and verse number 8. James, chapter 4 and verse number 8. The Bible declares, draw nigh unto God, and he will draw nigh to you. Draw close to God. And he will draw close to you. Now, here's the part of the verse we don't always talk about. Cleanse your hands, oh ye sinners. Amen. Use some Purell in Jesus' name. Talking about your actions. It's not talking about your hands. Praise God. Although that works too. Use the, some Purell on your hands. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Now, that sounds pretty harsh. But in that text, it's actually giving us the recipe on how we're going to see God. Anybody want to see God tonight? Anybody want to draw close to God so he'll get close enough to you or you can see him? Amen. I want to, I want to talk to us for a few moments on this subject. Blessed are the wholehearted. Blessed are the wholehearted. Would you set down your Bibles and let's pray all across this house. Hallelujah, Lord, we love you. We thank you today. I thank you for this church. I thank you for this wonderful congregation, God, those even that are here and those that are online listening, God. I pray, Lord, that you'd help me to 
talk about this and teach this to the best of my ability, God. Amen. The ability that which you give, God. I pray, Lord, that we would take this because, God, we want to see you. There's a group of people in Carson City, Nevada, God, that their heart's desire, their whole heart's desire is I want to see Jesus. I want to see Jesus. And, Lord, I pray, God, that we would take this word and apply it so that we might have a blessed life. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. Let's clap our hands to the Lord one more time. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated for a few moments. Praise God. Blessed are the wholehearted. Amen. What does it mean to be pure in heart? The first thing I want to point out is in the text. Blessed are the pure in heart. Notice how it doesn't say, blessed are the pure in their mind. Because sometimes we have pure thoughts, but impure hearts. Notice how it did not say, blessed are those in the hand or in the action. Because sometimes our outward conversation's good, but our inward conversation is not very good. If it were the case that blessed are just the pure... If that's all we were looking for, the Pharisees would have been the first to stand up and give Jesus a round of applause and a wonderful amen because nobody lived purity on the outward like the Pharisees did. They were outwardly righteous before men, but inwardly they were full of impurity. In their heart, they were not pure. The heart of man is naturally unclean. And man does not have the power in and of themselves to make it clean or to be pure from his sin. Aside from Calvary, there is not one person in this life, let alone one person in this room from the pulpit to the pew. Amen. From here all the way to the bar down the, down the, the, the parking lot. Amen. There's not one person outside of Jesus Christ's sacrifice. Amen. That in this life can truly be clean and pure in their heart and be entirely free from sin. Amen. This is why you need the sacrifice of Jesus Christ in your life. This is your way of saying, I cannot make myself clean. I cannot purify my heart. I need the sacrifice of Calvary in my life. Amen. It takes humility to say, I need Jesus. It takes humility to say that although I am trying my best, my best is not good enough. My good is not good enough. I need the sacrifice of Jesus in my life to really be pure. Amen. Christ was dealing in the Beatitudes with men's spirits, their inner spiritual nature. Amen. One of them, and the one we're talking about tonight, strikes the very center of the target of what he's talking about. He did not say, blessed are the pure in language. That ought to help some folks out. Blessed are the pure in action. Because sometimes we don't always live up to the actions that we like to. Amen. Much less, he did not say, blessed are the pure in ceremonies or in their raiment or clothes. Blessed are the pure in the food they eat or don't eat. But he said, blessed are the pure in heart. First, purity of heart does not mean perfection. If it meant perfection, 
Not even the finest believer that's ever walked this earth would have a remote possibility of being the pure in heart that see God. Jeremiah 17 and 9 gives us a, a little revelation about the heart. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it. You know, the people always say, trust your heart, follow your heart. Amen. Just whatever my heart tells me, don't listen to those people. Don't follow those people. Unfollow those people. Praise God. Uh, well, I just follow my heart. You're going to end up in a world of hurt because sometimes your heart, amen, the Bible says it is deceitful. Amen. Well, you just got to trust your heart. Don't trust your heart. In fact, you ought to question your emotions. You ought to question your thoughts. You ought to always bring them under the subjection of Jesus Christ and of his word. Because feelings are fleeting, emotions come and go, but the truth of God's word stands forever. And sometimes I've got to set aside my heart and I've got to put my heart to the side because my heart is not being pure at the moment. My heart is not being true at the moment. My heart thinks it knows what it wants, but the truth is if I follow my heart all the way down, it's going to leave me empty. It's going to leave me broken. I can't trust my heart because the Bible says it's deceitful. And if that wasn't enough, it says it's not just wicked. You ought to look at yourself in the mirror and say, you, your heart is desperately wicked. That means if there's an opportunity to be wicked, it's desperate for that opportunity. It's chasing after that opportunity. It's, it's craving. It's addicted to the opportunity of doing that which is wicked. That's the man, the heart of man without salvation. That is the unregenerate man. In fact, Proverbs 20 and verse 9 asks the question, Who can say, I have made my heart clean and I am pure from my sins? In an Old Testament context, nobody can answer that. But I want to tell you the New Testament context, amen, the Bible says that God will take out the heart of stone and God will give us a new heart. A heart of flesh. God will remove that old stony, uh, amen, blocked up arteries. Uh, amen. He will replace it with a living organism. Uh, amen. He will take out that which was dead and dry and done for. Uh, amen. That which was desperately wicked. And the Bible says, I will write my laws upon their heart. And I'll be a God to them and they'll be my people. Somebody ought to give God praise for that. Praise God. In other words, by yourself, it is impossible to have a pure heart. By mankind alone, it's impossible to have a pure heart. Amen. When somebody says, well, I, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just following my heart. I'm just doing my best. Amen. Thank God that you're trying. But you need Jesus working in your life because the Bible declares that we need the redeeming process of the Holy Ghost, uh, amen, to clean out our heart. The Bible says that the love of God is shed. It's spread abroad through our hearts uh, and through our bodies and through our lives by the Holy Ghost. Amen. You cannot regenerate yourself. You need the Holy Ghost. And so, amen, this purity of heart, amen, we're going to talk about this from the context, amen, that I believe Jesus stated it because he was not talking about perfection or being morally pure and clean, amen. He was talking about purity of heart. And nor was, nor was he talking just to a select group of people, those that have it and those that don't. Well, brother, I'm not blessed because I don't have that purity of heart. 
I made a mistake this week. I don't believe for one second that's what Jesus was talking about. The word pure in the Greek is the word katharos, which means clean. And it has the idea of unsoiled or being free from dirt. That is true. Amen. When you take the word pure all by itself, amen, you can find it in its context, amen, all by itself. It would mean to be clean, amen. So now we'd read it from that context and say, blessed are the clean. Well, man, I, I messed up this week. I must not be clean. I, I, I don't think God's going to, I'm not going to see God because I'm not clean. But there's more than one meaning. It also means to be unalloyed, free from impurity or mixture, free from adulteration. Catharos, in most of its context, was often used of metals that had to be refined down until all the impurities were removed, leaving only the pure metal. In that sense, purity means unmixed, unalloyed, unadulterated. If we apply that to the heart, uh, the idea is that pure motive, uh, the singleness of heart, uh, the singleness of mind, uh, the undivided devotion, uh, the spiritual integrity, the true righteousness, uh, double-mindedness and double-heartedness. Uh, amen. I want to tell somebody, has always been the greatest plague uh, in the church world. Hallelujah. Amen. I want to tell you, getting dirty has not been the greatest plague uh, of the church culture. Uh, amen. Making a mistake has not been the biggest problem uh, in the church culture. But I want to tell you what the real problem has been. Uh, it's when you got a double mind. Uh, it's when you got a double heart. Uh, Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody fails. Everybody drops a ball once in a while. Everybody scrapes their knees. Everybody's got problems. Everybody's got struggles. But I want to tell somebody today that is nothing in comparison to those that don't know whether they're in or whether they're out. This has never been the trouble. Amen. That those that can't make up their mind and have never made up their heart. Am I? I living for God or am I living for me? Am I going to go God's way or am I going to go my way? Oh, somebody ought to love him all across this house. Everybody fails. Welcome to the club. Praise God. Everybody makes mistakes and that is not the greatest blight upon the believer. Amen. The Bible says we have an advocate a defense attorney with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. If any man sin, any woman sin, you can go to that defense attorney, amen, and that defense attorney will go before the judge and he'll switch seats, amen, becoming the judge, amen, and he'll go switch seats again and he will become the evidence of your acquittal and he will say, I forgive it, I already died for it, I already washed it away. God has never had a trouble or a problem redeeming somebody from a mistake and redeeming somebody, amen, from a failure. But there has been a challenge, amen, to get somebody to stop thinking in two different directions, feeling in two different directions. Paul would put it this way, the good that I want to do, I don't do. And the evil that I don't want to do, I do that. In other words, there is a challenge in my being. I feel a pull one going this way and one going that way. One wants God, but one wants the world. 
I feel a pull. I feel a tug. And the biggest challenge, amen, is tug of war in your soul and tug of war for your emotions and tug of war for your heart. Somebody lift up your hands and let's magnify the Lord. Oh, come on, let's pray all across this house. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, God's pulling, uh, God's pulling, uh, but so is your carnal nature, uh, so is your mind, uh, so is your emotions. Uh, hallelujah. you got to let God win. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. Pure catharos does not have so much in this context to do with cleanliness, although that is inferred. Amen. Because to truly be pure, you've got to be clean. Amen. It's like a glass. You can see through a dirty glass, but it's a lot harder. When you clean it, it's more transparent. Amen. This word has more to do with unity, singleness of heart and of mind. Amen. It literally means blessed is the unmixed. Amen. Blessed, amen, is the one that's not double-hearted. For example, grain that has chaff left in it would not be considered pure. Metal that has alloy or impurities in it would not be considered pure. Milk that's been diluted, amen, would not be considered pure. Amen. Blessed are those that are pure in heart. Amen. Blessed are those who have integrity of their heart. Blessed are those that do not have a divided heart. Blessed are those that do not have two hearts. Blessed are those that are wholehearted. Catharos describes a heart that is pure in motive, which exhibits singleness of mind, undivided devotion, and spiritual integrity. The idea is what Paul said. This one thing I do. Amen. David would put it this way. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. I don't think the challenge of seeing God is whether or not you made a mistake this week or last week or last year. I think the challenge of whether or not you see God is whether or not you got one thing on your mind, one thing on your heart, or 50 things. Hallelujah. I want to tell you, God does not want to be first of five. God doesn't want to be first of ten. God wants to be number one of number one. I am the Lord, and beside me there is none else. He said, before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. What we've got a pandemic of is singleness of heart, where we're not divided on our attentions, not divided in our emotions. We need to go back to saying one thing have I desired of the Lord, and that's all I'm seeking after. Oh, somebody ought to clap your hands and give him praise. Come on, we got to get Paul's mindset. We got to get Paul's mindset, church. We got to get Paul's mindset. One thing, this one thing, this one thing I do. Church, if there's ever, if we're going to see God like we, we've been called to see God, we got to recover one thing. Too many people are trying to recover so many other things, but if we can get back to recovering one thing, and that one thing is I want to see Jesus. 
I don't have, well, well, Pastor, what's your list of, 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 of whether or not you are have been feeling successful? I've changed my list. I used to have 30,000 things uh, on my list and my metrics on whether or not I was doing good or doing bad, but I've changed the metric uh, to be one thing, uh, one thing. I want to see Jesus. Uh, one thing. I'm pressing towards the mark of the high calling that's in Christ Jesus. One thing. i got to be in the house of God so I can see Jesus. Hallelujah. If I baptize a thousand people tomorrow, praise God. Amen. But I got one thing on my mind. If, come on, if I bring revival to the entire state of Nevada, praise God. But I got one thing on my mind. I got to see Jesus with my whole heart. With my whole heart. I got one thing on my heart, one thing on my mind, and that's what I'm going after. Oh, somebody ought to give him praise. Come on, somebody ought to give him praise. Hallelujah. Catharos has to do more with attitude of integrity, singleness of heart. Amen. As opposed to what we read in James chapter 4, verse 8, where he talked about you need to have a pure heart. Clean hands. Yes, you got to be clean. You got to be washed in the blood of Jesus. You got to have that. You got to have that. Amen. But there's this other side of having a pure heart. And then it, it, it brings about the opposite of having a, a pure heart when it says the double-minded man. Amen. You ever met somebody like that? They tell you one thing and the next week they're doing another. They're double-minded. Now, sometimes it's all right. They say they want pizza, but they really want a burger. That's all right. Some, you can change your mind. Praise God. But, but please, for, for everybody else's sake, change your mind all the way. Oh, Hallelujah. Well, I kind of want pizza, and I kind of want a burger. Amen. And they're the people that they want to go two different directions. Amen. Let me give some good advice to some folks that have no idea what they're doing with their life. Just choose one direction and go for it. Because, amen, if you try to go everywhere, you'll go nowhere. If you try to go everywhere, you'll go nowhere. And if you can recover the one thing, I've set my mind, I've set my affections on one thing. I've got my direction set and made up. I'm going all the way with Jesus. I guarantee it might not be today, might not be tomorrow, but one day you'll end up where you set your mind, where you set your whole heart. Amen. The Bible says that a double-minded or double-hearted man is unstable in all their ways. Amen. Love you today, hate you tomorrow. Praise God. Hallelujah. People that their emotions, amen, are, you can't always control your emotions because your heart is deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. But, amen, people that ride their emotions, amen, they're going from one wave to another, uh, happy, sad, amen. Uh, it's always up and down. Uh, they don't know what they are, and sometimes it's within a minute. Praise God. Uh, amen. That kind of individual, the Bible says they are unstable in all of their ways. Uh, amen. We, this is why we need the Holy Ghost in our heart because uh, the Holy Ghost knows how to pull both parts and bring us back together. Uh, the Holy Ghost knows how to take, uh, amen, this side of you, uh, amen, that's, that's got a proclivity to do that which is wrong and that which is sinful, amen, this part of you that wants to be in the house of God, wants to serve God with your whole mind and with your whole heart, and God has a way of bridging the gap uh, and bringing it together uh, so you can focus solely on one thing. Amen. Wholehearted, 100%. Wholeheartedness simply means showing or characterizing, characterized by complete sincerity and commitment. 
Amen. I want to serve God with my whole heart. Amen. I, I, I don't think the challenge is whether or not people have given God their heart. The challenge is whether or not they've given God their whole heart. Hallelujah. In fact, most people have a really good habit of giving God the best part of their heart. Because that's the part they like. In fact, they give people the best part of their heart because that's the part they're not ashamed of. Uh, amen. But I want to tell you, the Bible never says, blessed are those with a good heart. Praise God. It never says, blessed are those with a heart that everybody, that a mother could love. Praise God. Amen. The Bible says, blessed are those that are pure in heart. They have, amen, 100% uh, that they put out there. Uh, amen. Let me talk to you about this. Uh, when we say it's pure gold, we are not saying it's clean gold. Pure gold does not mean it's clean gold. Clean gold means it's clean gold. Pure gold means it's 100% gold. Pure bread is all bread. No leaven, no nothing else. Pure water means there's no additives, no other elements. Let me tell you, if you add something to it, it's Kool-Aid. It ain't water. Praise God. It's no longer pure. But in this context of being pure in heart, it means do not have a double allegiance. Amen. I want to help you here today. Jesus is warning us as a people, amen, to not have two masters because you'll love one and hate the other. You can't be having a double devotion, a double heart. Part of your heart's over here, part of your heart's over there. No man can serve two masters. You'll at the same time, it's impossible because you'll always you'll always let one down. Hallelujah. You gotta choose one master. I'm choosing the master named Jesus. How about you? Those that have a pure heart, those that are wholehearted, not part-hearted. Not 99% hearted, pure hearted. They are free from the tyranny of a divided self. I want to tell you, there's nothing more frustrating in your walk with God than being divided. I'm not talking about being divided with somebody else. You can get beyond that. Amen. If you divide with somebody else, you just don't talk to them for a little while until you pray through and forgive them. But when you are divided within yourself, there is nothing more frustrating I want to tell you, there's no more frustrating place to be than to be in church and not want to be in church. Praise God. Well, maybe that's just me. I, I want to tell you, there's no more frustrating. You, you know what? Prayer is no fun when you'd rather be at the beach. You know, there's, you know, there's just this idea of living for God is no fun when all you can think about is the parties that you might be missing out on. When you have double devotion, amen, when you have a divided heart, when you are here in body but in your heart you are so far away. I want to tell you that those that are wholehearted, they are not, they may not be sinless, but they are sincere. They are transparent. They are what they are, and it's presented before God. They are the same in private as they are in public. Uh, amen. Their religious activities are not a cover-up, uh, hiding more than they reveal. Well, Pastor, I was at church, but your heart was a million miles away. Uh, and come Monday morning, uh, you weren't a Christian at all. Uh, come, come the work day. Uh, come the person cutting you off in traffic. Uh, you lost out on it. Uh, I want to tell you, your religious duties, uh, amen, should not cover up. Uh, Amen. What they should do is reveal where your heart really is. Yeah. 
The Pharisees were of this nature. Jesus said, these people, they honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. They were not pure in heart. And so when they saw Jesus, all they saw was a carpenter's son. They did not seek God. Amen. But those people... That, that, that they came by and they said, does this man eat with publicans and sinners? Amen. They, there was people like Peter, a cussing fisherman who didn't have it all together, was not ritually clean, was not ritually pure. Amen. All of the Pharisees could look down upon him. Amen. But yet he said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Amen. I want to tell you what happened. Peter aligned his devotion solely upon Jesus. When Jesus took a step, he took a step. When Jesus made a move, he made a move. What, what am I talking about? He was wholehearted. He was going after God and subsequently he got a revelation. He saw God. So what would happen for you and I if we just said, Jesus, I want to follow you with my whole heart. I'm going to lay down this other side of my heart on the altar. I'm going to pray through it and let the Holy Ghost unify and bring singleness of heart because I want you to be loved in the heart as well. When the pure hearted go to church, their heart goes with them. That person could truthfully say with the psalmist, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I've heard people quote that with a frown on their face. I was glad when they said unto me. You weren't glad about nothing. Yeah, praise God, you'd be better off to say, I really don't want to be here, but I came because I know it's what's right. There's some folks in the house don't like broccoli, but you eat it because it's good for you. Amen. I want to tell you, wholehearted does not mean that you present your best part and only the best part of you and say, well, I'm just doing perfect. That's called being a hypocrite. Hypocrite doesn't mean, amen, like the world says it. Hypocrite literally means actor. You're putting on a show. you got a nice mask on that says everything's great. And in your lips, you're with it. And with your, with your show, you're in it. And you might even dance to the beat of the song in church, but your heart's a million miles away. I want to tell you what would be better for you. Amen to make sure, uh, amen, you just say, hey, I, I might not be glad that I'm in the house of the Lord, but I'm in the house of the Lord. Uh, at least be transparent. Uh, but I want to tell you, you could have a mind that says, uh, I'm coming to the house of God because I know it's what's right for me. Uh, and in that moment, uh, you got more purity of heart uh, than to put on a show and act like you like being here. I know you probably never heard a pastor tell you that, but you don't got to fake it till you make it. I want to tell you, you'd be better off being transparent, being honest, and saying, I'm struggling, but I'm here. I'm, I hadn't had a great week, but I'm in the house of the Lord. And I came bringing my purity of heart. I came bringing a transparency that says, God, you get all of me. You get my good days and you get my bad days. You get my best, but you also get my worst. Those that are pure in heart, that are wholehearted, when they pray, their heart is in it. You put your heart in it. You put your transparency into it. It's not the person that says, oh, Lord, I'm so glad I'm not like this person over here. That's being fake. That's not being wholehearted. Notice how I'm not saying being wholehearted means you and you wanted to pray. Wholehearted is coming before God like that sinner that says, oh, God. I messed up this week. I made a mistake. I'm unclean. I feel bad about it. I feel condemned in my spirit. Oh, God, have mercy on me. 
Notice the difference between the two prayers. The prayer of the Pharisee that said, oh, God, I'm glad I'm not like that joker. The Bible says he prayed with himself. He never saw God, Brother Jonathan. Amen. In fact, all he saw was himself. Amen. But that that man that came and said, "God, I'm struggling." Amen. I'm going to give you all of me. It might not be. Amen. My, it might not always be my best, but God, I'm going to bring you what I got. I'm going to bring you 100 percent of me. And he brought that individual. The Bible says he walked away cleaned. He walked away justified. What happened? He saw God. He got closer to God because he was willing to expose himself and say, "God, here's all of me." The wholehearted worship, praise, gives, serves, witnesses, seeks to live in obedience to God's word, not because it's expected of him, not because he always wants to do it, but because he has no other wish, amen, than the one thing he set his mind on. I want to be in the presence of God. Even if I'm struggling this week, I want to be in the presence of God. Even if I failed, I want to be in the presence of God. Even if I drop the ball, I've got a desire to see God. Oh, let's pray all across the house. In fact, let's stand all across this house and lift up our hands. Come on, I'm transparently standing in the presence of God. 100% exposed before the Lord. Hallelujah. God hears all of me. Here's my whole heart. I'm laying it out before you in sincerity. And God, I'm believing. I'm going to see you. Come on, somebody pray all across this house. Come on. Come on. You can take the mask off today. You can take the facade off today. You can take the charade off today. Because if you do that, you're just going to see a, amen, a masquerade. You may not see Jesus. But if you'll open up and put your whole heart out there and say, God, right now, I got it divided. And right now, one's going this way and one's going that way. But I do have a desire for everything to seek after you. It's down in my heart that that's what I really want. God, would you help unify? Would you help? unify? Would you help deliver me from being double-hearted and double-devoted? Would you touch my heart so I can bring all of me to you? Oh, let's pray. Come on, let's pray, let's pray, let's pray. Come on, it's not blessed or the perfect in heart. Blessed are those that never messed up in their heart. It's blessed are those that are willing to bring their whole heart. In sincerity, in truth, here's all of me, Jesus. Here's all of me, Jesus. Here's all of me, Jesus. Here's all of me, the good God, the bad God, my best days, my worst days. God, the times I want to pray, the times I don't want to pray, I'm bringing it before you so you can bring it into alignment. Well, let's pray all across this house. Come on, God's calling for some wholehearted worship. The Father seeking such to worship Him in spirit and in truth. God's calling for some people to bring their whole heart. 
God's calling some people to bring their whole heart. Come on, if you bring your whole heart, amen, you may not even be proud of your whole heart, but if you bring your whole heart, you'll see God. If you bring your whole heart, God can actually mend the two. If you bring your divided heart to God and say, God, here's both pieces, God can stitch it back together and make it singularly devoted to him. If you'll be transparent enough to say, this is where I am and bring it before God, you'll have an encounter you can never forget. I want to open up this altar. Would you come? Would you come down to this front and say, God, you might have your heart in a thousand pieces. Make sure you grab all of them and bring them down before God. Well, not this piece. I'm not proud of it. Be transparent about it. Amen. Be, be clear about it and bring the whole thing and say, God, here's 100% of it. Here's 100% of it. Here's 100% of it. Come on. I'm bringing God all of it. I'm bringing God all of it. The good, the bad, the ugly, the days I want to pray, the days I don't want to pray. And God, they might be divided right now, but bring them to the altar and say, God, they're divided. There's two, there's three, there's four. But God, give me one thing back. Come on, somebody, let's pray. Bring your whole heart. Bring your whole heart. Bring your whole heart. Bring your whole heart. Well, preacher, I messed up this week. That don't matter. Bring your whole heart. Mistake and all. Bring your whole heart. Failure and all. Bring your whole heart. Come on. The wholehearted see God. The wholehearted see God. The wholehearted see God. Come on, let's pray. Let's pray. I, I want you to pray. I want you to pray. But I want you to listen to me for one second. One second. You know why the wholehearted see God? Because they brought their whole heart for God to see. And when you bring your whole heart for God to see, he shows up himself and starts showing you some things. Listen, I, I know what it is. I know what it is to go to the altar and leave the bad part of my heart at the, at the pew and take my smile to the altar. Praise the Lord. How's it going? Oh, man, everything's great. Praise God. Everything's wonderful. And I, I want to be a fraud with Jesus and double-hearted with Jesus, and he sees this part of me. I, oh, praise the Lord. I had a great day. Everything's wonderful. Listen, I'm not talking about uh, being kind and optimistic. Sometimes you don't want to get into it. Amen. But I leave this other part out of my relationship with God, and that's the part I actually need help with. Come on, somebody. And I refuse, Brother Aaron, to show people and to show God that part of my life. I refuse to be open and transparent about it, and so I hide it. Let me show you what this looks like in the Bible. That coat. Can I have that coat, Brother Diaz? I'm going to show you what this looks like in the Bible, and then we're going to pray. There's a man that comes into church week in and week out with a withered hand, covers it up so nobody can see it. And Jesus shows up and says, Stretch forth your hand. Well, get this. I know, and we know from the story, one of them is withered, but he never told him which hand to, to stretch forth. And everybody comes to church, and they've got a choice to make. Do I give God my whole heart or just the part I like? This one's more comfortable to stretch out, isn't it? 
This one's prettier. This one's nicer. This one's a little more likable. This one won't get me judged too harshly. This one won't get me. Come on. But the Bible declares that man, he saw, if I don't do something with what's broken, if I don't present it before Jesus, and he took that withered hand and showed it to everybody and stretched it out to Jesus, that's where some folks are going to get healed. You want to know why your depression's not got healed yet? Because you've not brought your depression to the altar and said, God, I'm struggling. You want to know why your emotions are up and down? Because you haven't brought your emotions to the altar and said, God, I need your help. But if you would stretch forth the whole heart, if you would put forth the good and the bad, there's people have no problem giving God the good, but today I want you to bring your worst with you, not just your best. Bring every bit of it and say, God, it's open and it's exposed to you. Do what you will with it. You're going to get a revelation of God. You're going to get a revelation of healing. I want us to pray. As they begin to sing, I want you to come down to the altar and stretch forth your withered hand and stretch forth your broken heart and give God transparency give God your whole heart come on show it to God and God will show himself to you show it to God and God will show himself to you come on let's pray let's pray here's my whole heart God Here's my transparency, God. Here's my sincerity, God. Here's my openness, God. I, I, I know there's areas I've been disconnected, but here's all of it. it all today. Serve me, serve me with your life now. Come on. You can never serve God with your whole heart if you don't show him your whole heart. If you don't give him your whole heart. He wants it all today. He wants it all today. Here's all of me. Here's all of me. Here's all of me. Love me with your whole heart. And what's it all today? Serve me. Serve me with your life now. And what's it all today? Bow down. Let go of your idols. And what's it all today? Somebody press with the Holy Ghost. 
if you bring God your broken heart, he'll make a whole heart out of it. If you bring God your divided heart, he'll make a whole heart out of it. Bow down, let go of your idols. He wants it all today. He wants it all today. He wants it all. That's it, church. Let's pray for a few more moments. Come on. Transparently, bring it all down to this altar. Bring it all down in prayer. 
They might be many pieces broken apart. Uh, they've been fragmented, double-minded, double-hearted. But if you bring it down to the altar, 100% of it pure. All of it, 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 100%. God will do something with it. Uh, you'll get a revelation of him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, it sounds, it sounds really cute. Tell people to worship God with their whole heart. And what people interpret that is, is worship God with the best part of me. God wants it all. When you bring 100%, even if it's broken pieces, the Bible says Jesus will bind up the brokenhearted. Bind up, what does that mean? He takes the broken pieces he wraps them in twine so that they hold back together. And praise God. I thank God for that. But if you break a vase, as many of us did as kids, and it breaks it in 20 pieces, you can't bring back 19. Come on, somebody. Don't leave me up here by myself. Don't live for God that way that says, I'll hold on to my pet peace, and I'm going to, well, I did this, and I failed, and I messed up, and it's not God's job to fix it, and I'll just hold this peace. This is why you bleed on people that did not cut you. This is why you leak all over people in your emotions because there's a piece of your broken heart that is that is leading out and bleeding out. Amen. But if you could bring God every broken piece and be sincere about it and transparent about it and say, God, it may not be as beautiful as I want it to be, but here it is. The Bible says he's the potter and we're the clay. And when it's marred, it's still in the hand of the potter. When it's broken, it's still in the hand of the potter. And as long as it's in the hand of the potter, the Bible declares he makes it again another vessel. This is how you can worship God with your whole heart. You start by bringing God 100% of the pieces, and God starts putting it back together. And God starts molding it and shaping it into the way that he wants it to be. I believe that's what God wants to do. Amen. And then you get to see God in another light. Because you see God not just from your good days, but you see God's love and mercy on your bad days. You get a revelation about God you never thought you had. Because you were willing to be transparent and bring it all. Church, we are not... A club for the perfect. If anything, we are a rehabilitation center for the wounded. So don't come in here saying, well, I can run 10 miles. I can run a marathon. When we all know you got a limp. And you're the only one lying to you that you ain't got a limp. But if you let Jesus and you bring that limp to Jesus and you let him rehabilitate it, you might run a marathon before it's over. Listen, listen. You never go to the doctor and when they ask you, in fact, that's probably why I could never be a doctor. Because you they, you ask, they ask you, how you doing? And brother, you just let them know. Well, I coughed two times last week and I don't know what that means. Well, my knee keeps popping and I'm trying to figure out what that means. 
uh, well, I kind of I breathed a little wrong last month. Come on, what what are you doing? You're being you're being pure in heart. You're being transparent. You're bringing hundred percent because you know if they don't, this is why some of y'all are addicted to WebMD. Praise God. You start putting in everything you think is a symptom because you're willing to be so transparent with an online source that hopefully it'll tell you what's wrong with you or what you think's wrong with you. Why? Because you want to get better. When you come to God, don't come to God saying, I don't need a physician. Don't come to church saying, I got it all together. I lived for God 40 years. Praise God for that. That's wonderful. Or I live for God five years and I'm perfect. Amen. Because the rest of us haven't figured it out yet. Come to the doctor and say I'm wounded. And if you don't heal me, I won't get better. <laughs> Apostolic Revival Center. Amen. We are not a place where we just come and talk about how great we are. <laughs> Nor are we a place that talks about how busted we are. And, you know, brother, we just broke. We just Because both are half-hearted. I know churches, man, I'm off on a tangent, but I'm having fun. I know churches, they live from trial to trial. That ain't the will of God either. And they're, they're, they're part of the current victim culture that they're only doing good if they're doing bad. Praise God. No, it's the people that bring it all and say, God, can you work on it? And there's no judgment whether it's your good day or your bad day because we want to help you with all of it. The body heals itself. And when you come to the body, God starts working things out. And that thing that was hurting, amen, as you start working out this part that you didn't think was valuable and this part that you didn't, oh, man, all of a sudden, uh, and you bring uh, your whole heart, uh, you don't realize who else it's helping. Uh, when you bring your testimony, uh, you don't know who it's blessing. Uh, when Oh, let's lift up our hands and let's pray. I could talk another hour, but let's just pray. Hallelujah. I believe God's already spoken. We need to bring it all. We need to bring it all. We need to bring it all. Transparent. Bring it all to Jesus and say, God, this is all. This is who I am, and I'm willing, God, for you to work on it. I'm willing for you to improve upon it. I'm willing for you to change it. I'm not just presenting it all so it can stay busted and broken. I'm presenting it all so it can be mended, so it can be repaired, so it can be rehabilitated. Oh, Jesus, Father, we love you. We thank you tonight. I thank you, Lord, that there's some people in the house of the Lord that have come to church and they brought 100% with them. They brought their whole heart. They brought their transparency with them. I pray, God, that you would show yourself mighty to them, that you would show yourself strong to them, that when they bring everything, they'd get revelations about you and about your goodness that they never thought possible. God, we give you praise and glory and honor in Jesus' wonderful name. Let's clap our hands into the Lord. Oh, let's give God a shout of praise. Come on, let's give God a praise for the good day. Let's give God a praise for the bad day. Let's give God 100% praise. Hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. Amen. Shake hands, be friendly, love one another. Make sure you come and on Sunday and bring 100% with you. Amen. If you and your wife get on a fight on the way to church, bring 100% with you. Praise God. Amen. God bless you. We love you. We'll see you. Amen. If you're volunteering, we'll see you on Friday night. Amen. If not, we'll see you on Sunday in Jesus' name. God bless you.